This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 megasymbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the news, the headlines. The death toll of the earthquakes that hit southern Turkey and northern Syria has climbed up to 5,000. Romanian senators voted on a legislative proposal that provides for prison sentences for drivers found drunk or drugged and for those without a license. And a new meeting of the European Union Republic of Moldova Association Council is taking place today in Brussels. The powerful earthquakes that shook Syria and Turkey on Monday have killed more than 5,000 people, according to the latest toll made public today. Rescue teams are making huge efforts to save as many lives as possible. There are also dozens of thousands of people injured. According to estimates in Ankara, 13 million people have been affected in Turkey by the earthquake, measuring 7.8 on the Richter scale, which was followed by lots of aftershocks. Romania joined the international support effort for Turkey and sent to Andana three military aircraft with 60 Romanian professional rescuers, doctors and nurses and specialized rescue equipment. The Sanitas Federation continues protests against the salary law and the underfunding of medical care and welfare in Romania. The list of demands includes higher incomes for all the employees in the healthcare and welfare system by at least 15% to cover inflation, as well as negotiations between the government and stakeholders on the new bill regarding the remuneration of personnel paid from public funds and the provision of a sufficient and correct funding system for medical and welfare institutions. A delegation of the Sanitas Federation was received at the government headquarters on Monday, the first day of the protest. In Bucharest, senators voted unanimously in favor of a legislative proposal to be added to the criminal code under which drivers found drunk or under the influence of prohibited substances while driving, as well as those who drive without a license, will go straight to prison, in the situation in which they cause a road accident resulting in casualties. In Romania, 100 people die every year in road accidents caused by drivers in such situations, said the initiator of the legislative proposal, the Social Democrat Senator Robert Kazanchuk. Every year, approximately 20,000 people are prosecuted for driving without a license, under the influence of alcohol or drugs, and after the adoption of the legislative proposal, judges will no longer be able to suspend the execution of prison sentences. 
The document will now go to the Chamber of Deputies, which is the decision-making body in this matter. A new meeting of the European Union Republic of Moldova Association Council is taking place in Brussels today, chaired by the head of European diplomacy, Joseph Borrell, and Prime Minister Natalia Gavrilica. This is the most important format of dialogue in the Chisinau-Brussels relationship, analysts in Chisinau say. Today's meeting is the first meeting of this kind after the Republic of Moldova, a country with a predominantly Romanian-speaking population, together with Ukraine, obtained the status of a candidate country for EU accession in June last year. Cooperation in overcoming the challenges generated by the war in Ukraine, including the energy crisis, the expansion of export quotas on the European market for Moldovan producers and border security, are just some of the topics that will be addressed in the bilateral discussions in Brussels. A general strike and demonstrations are taking place again in France for the third time in a month against the increase in the retirement age provided for in the new pension law, which has been under debate in Parliament since Monday. The Radio Romania correspondent in Paris reports that public transport will, however, be less disrupted than in the past, so that those who travel will encounter fewer problems. In Paris, there are no completely closed metro lines, but some will only run during peak hours. As for air traffic, at Paris-Orly Airport in the south of the French capital, 20% of the flights have been cancelled due to the strike of the control tower employees. At Roisy-Chardegal in the north, where most flights from Romania arrive, activities are expected to run as usual. Important strike mobilizations are announced in education, energy, refineries and in the private industrial sector. And that was the news, now an important announcement for our listeners. On February 13th, we mark World Radio Day. This year's edition is themed Radio and Peace. War, as an antonym to peace, signifies an armed conflict between countries or groups within a country, but may also translate into a conflict of media narratives. The narrative can increase tensions or maintain conditions for peace in a given context. Since wars begin in the minds of men, it is in the minds of men that the defenses of peace must be constructed. On World Radio Day 2023, we invite you, dear friends, to send us short written or voice messages illustrating this theme radio and peace. We are looking forward to receiving your contributions at engl at rri.ro or on WhatsApp at 0040744312650. The most interesting of them will be included in special editions of our programs or will be posted on our social media. European countries, Romania included, have offered Turkey aid after the devastating quake that hit the country. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Mihai Pelin. Search and rescue teams from the United States and Europe have been sent to Turkey following the powerful quakes on Monday. The tremors that rocked the southern half of the country killed more than 3,000 people in Turkey and made numerous victims in the neighboring Syria. 
in Turkey alone, where authorities have so far counted almost 5,000 collapsed buildings, the drop in temperatures poses a higher risk of hypothermia for the people still trapped under the ruins. A number of European Union countries answered Turkey's call for assistance under the civil protection mechanism, such as Bulgaria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, France, Greece, the Netherlands and Poland, while Hungary, Italy, Spain, Malta and Slovakia have also offered to help. The EU satellite system Copernicus has been activated to offer Turkish authorities emergency mapping services. Romania has joined the European countries helping Turkey at this difficult time. Three military aircraft carrying 60 Romanian rescue workers and technique landed in Adana in the south and was directed to the Hatay province by the Turkish authorities. The Romanian rescue team have started setting up their operation base. They are in permanent contact with the Turkish Authority for Disaster and Emergency Management. In Bucharest, the healthcare ministry, together with the universities of medicine, are mobilizing healthcare professionals who want to go as volunteers to the affected areas. Also, the healthcare ministry is in contact with Romania's embassy in Ankara, ready to offer medical and psychological assistance to the people repatriated from the affected area. Turkey is one of the 33 countries taking part in the EU civil protection mechanism alongside 27 members and Norway, Iceland, Montenegro, North Macedonia and Serbia. EU assistance can be requested by any country in the world whose national emergency resources are overwhelmed by natural disaster and needs additional assistance. The EU is also ready to support Syria through its humanitarian assistance programs. Drivers under the influence of drugs, alcohol or without a driving license who may get involved in accidents will receive jail sentences. The Romanian Senate has decided. This is Daniel Bill to the microphone with a report by Corina Christa. The Senate in Bucharest has almost unanimously endorsed an amendment to the criminal code under which the people driving under the influence of alcohol or other banned substances, as well as those found without a driving license, will receive jail sentences if they are involved in an accident with victims. About 100 people are losing their lives every year in road accidents caused by these categories of drivers in Romania, a country ranking for the fifth year in a row first in Europe in terms of the people killed in traffic accidents. Every year almost 20,000 people are being sent to courts for driving without a license or under the influence. Initiated by Robert Kazanchuk, PSD senator and former justice minister, and endorsed by a group of PNL and PSD MPs, the bill was reintroduced in the Parliament circuit in November 2022. According to the initiator, the bill was rejected by the decision-making chamber in 2019 out of absurd political reasons in defiance of the society's general interest in the real protection of life and putting an end to the carnage on Romania's motorways, including through higher punishment, aimed at preventing such deeds. Senator Kazanchuk says that he dedicates this legislative 
initiative to the memory of Anastasia, the little girl who in 2022, right on Children's Day, and at the age of only four, was killed by a woman who was driving a vehicle at high speed without having a driving license. Kazanchuk has announced his intention to propose a new amendment to the traffic code so that drivers who have killed people in traffic accidents may get a lifetime suspension of their driving license. Let us be clearly understood. I don't want anyone to go to prison, but if somebody did, that means that somebody else died. And this is an alarm signal for all of us. When we are seeing someone at a party who has consumed banned substances, we must prevent them from getting behind the wheel. This law isn't enough. We'll also have to amend the traffic code so that those who have done such deeds may never again get behind the wheel. According to the 2021 activity report of the public ministry, the number of offenders sent to court after being involved in deadly car accidents increased significantly as compared to the year 2020, from 396 to 473. The Liberals have also endorsed the law, adding that this is a signal for responsibility, as in situations like these, the judge will not be able to suspend the sentence. And before sitting behind the wheel, people will have to think, if something goes wrong, I'll go straight to jail. The document will be further submitted to the Chamber of Deputies, which is a decision-making forum in this case. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. Listen to The Snowflake, a recent release by DJ Project and Holly Molly.
Inside Romania. Hello and welcome. I am Kalin Kotsoy. Even though death is met with sadness in our culture, in the area of Maramures, in the north of the country, there is the village of Sapunza. And back in 1935, a tradition was started, which became the so-called Mary Cemetery. The year 1935 was when the first funny epitaph appeared on a cross, and since the 1960s, the cemetery is sprinkled with over 800 such crosses, made of oak wood, becoming a veritable open-air museum, a tourist attraction. Visitors here may notice that some crosses are painted on both sides. On one side there is a description of the life of the deceased, on the other a description of the cause of death. Most cross inscriptions are badly spelled on purpose, and some are in archaic or dialectal speech. Today we are at the third generation of traditional craftsmen carrying on the tradition. We were told the story of this craft by Ana Maria Stan, the daughter of Dumitru Pop Tinku, who was the apprentice of Stan Juan Potras, the first creator of these crosses. She is the wife of the one who continues the tradition, Stan Juan Potras III, grandson to the creator. My father was an apprentice to Stan Potras from the age of nine. Then he continued his studies, left for Timișoara, then came back after Stan Potras died in 1977. He then continued, then unfortunately died at 67. Father carried on the tradition as the apprentice to Stan Potras. He loved the village, being a Sapunza local. Also, working as the apprentice, he got to love the craft and he continued it. Stan Potras, with his crosses, helped us locals to get easier over death, which in the end is part of our lives. For us it is normal. I am young, I grew up with this, and it is the same for all of us locals. It is just normal. A hypothesis was launched according to which Stan Juan Potras, who lived between 1908 and 1977, was inspired by the culture of the ancient Dacians, who found death to be a reason for merriment. Aware of the passage of time, local creators all had apprentices. Here is Ana Maria Stan. Father, just like Stan Potras, had two daughters. Father, in turn, also had two daughters, and along the years he trained several apprentices. I got married in 2011, and my husband worked with my father. I got married in 2011, and my husband worked with father. This was not from the start. 
After we got married, he held around the workshop, and this is how he learned. He has a son, but if anyone else would try to learn the craft, he would teach them. We asked Ana Maria Stan if visitors to the cemetery have a favorite epitaph. The most sought-after epitaph in the Mary Cemetery is made by my father for his mother-in-law, saying something on the lines of Underneath this heavy cross lies mother-in-law, what a loss. If she'd lived a week more, blunder, she'd be reading, I'd be under. The crosses in the Mary Cemetery represent values that can be compared to any great work of creation, witness to a gifted people with a true creative vocation. The crosses are inspired from the everyday life of people with all its experiences. They reflect the entire life of the departed. The cross is a mirror of the late person. Their entire life is on there. The crosses that made the village of Sapunza famous are unique by the blue color they are painted in, but mainly for the funny epitaphs that describe them. They are all written in the local dialect. Dumitru Poptinku used to say that, even though he didn't use that old language in real life, he kept strictly to it on the crosses, for the sake of his master teacher. Ana Maria Stan, Dumitru Poptinku's daughter, told us how the crosses are made, how long it takes, and she invited us to her husband's workshop. You can find us here in Sapunza in the Ioan Stan Potrash Memorial House, where you can visit and see what he did along his life. Also, my father, who left behind a few paintings, and of course, the workshop in which we still work, taught us everything. You can see and live the way we work and how a painted cross is built. There are several stages, from the cutting of the wood into a long strip, which gets dried for about seven years, and then it takes about three to four years to honor an order. In these parts, we don't put up the cross right when someone dies. The family comes over about a year later to put in the order. After the family does so, depending on the workload, it takes about three to four weeks. In conclusion, the Mary Cemetery in Sapunza, in one of the best known places related to Romanian culture and traditions, brings in thousands of tourists every year. This has been Inside Romania. This is Radio Romania International. Cultural event. Welcome to a cultural event. I'm Elena Enake. In 1968, eight paintings were stolen from the Brukenthal Palace in Sibiu. The investigation that followed was completed in 1972. Four of the stolen paintings were recovered in 1998 with the help of the Interpol and can be seen in the permanent exhibitions of European painting of the Brukenthal National Museum. 
the event in 1968, when the eight paintings disappeared, was the idea that inspired the exhibition The Great Theft at the Brukenthal Museum 1968, which can be visited until the end of this month, an exhibition curated by Dana Roxana Hrib and Alexandru Kituza. The latter, who is also the museum manager, gives us details. The exhibition The Great Theft at Brukenthal 1968 was born as a result of archaeology, so to speak, of a collection. When taking over the manager mandate, I visited all the warehouses and all the spaces of the museum and also discovered a package whose content had not been opened by the employees at that time. There was still a sense of terror that had been passed down from generation to generation among the museum staff after the trial and the political police investigation of 1968. When I checked the content of that package, I discovered the frame of Anthony Van Dyck's Death of Cleopatra. The frame had traces, fingerprints and pieces of the original painting detached for testing. And then, following a research that I carried out together with my colleague, Deputy Manager Dana Roxana Hrib, we decided to put together an exhibition based on the fact that this event of 1968 has always generated opinions and stories, but also visitors. The exhibition includes, among other things, this original frame of the work The Death of Cleopatra by Anthony von Dyck. As you know, Eight works were stolen then, of which only four were found in 2006. Unfortunately, four more have not been found yet. That was Alexandru Kituza. The Brukenthal National Museum in Sibiu has instituted Senior Thursday this year. So on the first Thursday of every month, pensioners have free access to all museums in the Brukenthal Palace and also to the History Museum, the Natural History Museum and the Museum of Contemporary Art. Alexandru Kituza, manager of the Brukenthal National Museum, has details. It is a program that I initiated together with my colleagues having the vote of the board of directors of the Brukenthal National Museum. Our idea was that the first Thursday of every month this year would be dedicated to seniors. We all know the hardships of everyday life and we want to offer pensioners free access to all areas of the Brukenthal National Museum. We were happy to see that on the first Thursday of January we had more than 600 visitors to the Brukenthal Palace alone, which made us very happy, proving that the project is a success. Alexandru Kituza also mentioned the fact that students have free access to the museum during school holidays. The decision was made with the aim of promoting cultural education and giving young people the opportunity to explore the museum's collections for free. That has been Cultural Event. Next in this program, Sports. Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates is these days seeing a major women's WTA 500 tennis tournament with $780,000 in prize money. This is Daniel Bills, the microphone, with a report by Florin Orban. At the aforementioned competition, Romania is being represented by Monica Niculescu, who pairs with Miyu Kata of Japan, seated 38th in the double ranking. The Romanian-Japanese pair will compete in the round of 16 
on Wednesday against a pair made up of Norwegian Ulrike Ekeri and Alexa Quarachi of Chile, WTA 51st and 47th respectively. Monica Niculescu comes after a good week when she had made it to the semis of the Lyon tournament together with Victoria Golubic of Switzerland. Her qualification for the French competition has been the best Romanian performance of the past days, for which Radio Romania International has designated Monica Niculescu Athlete of the Week. Monica was born in Slatina on September 25, 1987, and has lived in Bucharest since the age of four. She took up tennis when she was five years old and turned professional in 2002. She made it to her highest position in the world ranking, 28th, in February 2012. She won three WTA single tournaments in 2013 in Florianopolis, Brazil, in 2014 in Guangzhou, China, and in 2016 in Luxembourg. Her performances in the doubles competitions were even more notable as she ripped 10 WTA titles starting the year 2009 when she emerged as winner in Budapest together with Russian Alisa Klebanova. She got the highest position in the WTA doubles ranking in April 2018 when she went 11th. She started off on the right foot in 2023 with a qualification in the quarterfinals of the Hobart tournament together with Alicia Barnett of Britain. Then she teamed up with Victoria Golubic of Switzerland to make it to the round of 16th of the Australian Open. She is presently ranking 43rd in the world doubles ranking. In the end, we remind you that you can revisit this report on the internet at rri.ro as well as on Radio Romania International's Facebook profile. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next up in this broadcast, it's your music. Welcome, I'm Lakamera Simeon. Today's program is devoted to the anniversary of drummer Ovidiu Lipan Sandarica. On January 31st, one of the most important Romanian instrumentalists of all times celebrated his birthday anniversary. Ovidiu Lipan Sandarica was born in 1953 in Iași into a family of musicians. And because his name appears closely related to several bands, famous for Romania, such as the legendary Phoenix, Roșu și Negru, Pasărea Rock, as well as Madhouse and Lipan Connection, we decided to play for you today some of the Phoenix hits, a band that celebrated six decades of existence last year. So for starters, listen to the piece Norocul Inorogului, The Unicorn's Luck, from the album Canta Fabule of 1975. Thank you. 
Listen to another piece from the Phoenix Band repertoire, which is called Phoenix. Din nou, 
of your music today, we invite you to listen to another song, Strunga, The Gorge, from the album Timisoara of 1992, performed by the appreciated Romanian-German rock band called Symphonix, performing how the drama Ovidiu Lipan Sandarica, together with the vocalist, guitarist Niku Kovac, the violinist Mani Newman, the bassist Volker Fassen, and the folk artist and soloist Mircea Banicu.
Living Romania. Coming up next in the program... New names on the cover. Welcome to a new edition in our New Names on the Cover series. I'm your host, Eugen Nasta. Writing poetry is a very, very demanding undertaking. Porces verbis, as the Latin saying goes, means that, in very few words, you've got to be able to express levels of meaning with their very strong charge, at once being able to express yourself. In today's world, being able to express oneself has manifold implications. So much has been written about the Generation 2000 in poetry, then about the Millennials' generation, that recent poetry never ceases to surprise us. On Saturday, January the 21st, 2023, the Humanitas Chishmiju Bookshop and the Carmidis Publishers jointly hosted the launch of Gabriel Cartarescu's debut volume of poetry entitled Tomorrow I Will Be Happy. Attending the event were the author himself, Gabriel Cartarescu, translator and writer Florin Bican, novelist and columnist Ioan Mihai Kokinescu, and Teodora Leon. Tomorrow I Will Be Happy was one of the shortlisted volumes as part of the Young Writers Gala finalist works in the 2022 Young Poet Award section. The gala was staged by the bookmakers' publishers. Gabriel Cartarescu was born in Bucharest in 2003. He is a student with the University of Bucharest's Foreign Languages faculty. He is passionate about old electronic appliances, music and coffee. He made his debut in 2020 with poems published in A Thousandth Signs. In 2018, Gabriel Cartarescu came in third in the National Contest of Essays written by high school students, initiated by the old dilemma, Dilemma Veke Literary Magazine. For several years running, Gabriel Cartarescu was a columnist for the Storyteller's Order Literary Magazine. His short fiction was included in three of the anthologies brought out by the Arthur Publishers as a result of Gabriel Cartarescu's repeatedly being the winner of the national contest themed Inhabit a Story. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Gabriel also contributed articles to Old Dilemma. He was also involved in the Robert Erston creative writing project. Gabriel Cartarescu is also a member of the Liternauzi, the Letter Knots creative writing group. Excerpts from his work have also been included in the 1000 Signs anthology brought out by the bookmakers House Publishers in 2022. Again, Gabriel Cartarescu's debut volume of poems is entitled Tomorrow I Will Be Happy and was brought out by the Carmidas Publishers 
in late 2022. Writing poetry is, like I said, something very demanding. Yet no less demanding is writing about poetry. But before we venture so far as to ramble on about this and that in somebody's poems, we opted for letting the poet speak for and about himself. Then again, pauses verbis, the very few words uttered about the poet, can speak volumes about his own work. For the genuine poet, poetry, mainly his poetry, is definitely a way of life. We live in a world where being overjudgmental and mercilessly intellectual take its toll on how we can feel about the other levels of reality. I first wanted to find out from Gabriel Cartarescu how difficult it was for him to subdue his inquisitive mind to the minute and sensitive perception of the imaginary worlds he creates in his poems. Gabriel Cartarescu. It isn't difficult at all, really. Every single one of the poems felt completely natural to write, as if I was just exploring my own mind. There was also always a feeling of things making a lot of sense on some level, even if they can seem absurd at first. The randomness is an attempt to find coherence on a deeper level, to reach some very specific feelings, perhaps to find some similarities with memories deep in my past when everything was much more abstract, before I had a clearer concept of what reality is and how it works. The aim of many of the poems was, maybe without even realizing it at first, to recreate the patterns of thought a child might have. I find it very important to be able to return to our true selves, versions of us unaltered by the experiences we have had, if it is even possible and if such a self even exists. In his own work, striving to overcome the limitations of one's own body generates fear and anguish. I went on to ask Gabriel Cartarescu whether today's imaginary, mainly made of realia, could be an aid for him to make sense of his own perceptions, but also of the direction the world is going to. Gabriel Cartarescu once again. I would say that my poems have definitely helped me make sense of the way in which I perceive the world. Writing them has often felt like a byproduct of some sort of organization of my mind and self. Every time I write something, it ends up being therapeutic in one way or another. I do find thinking about the limits of the body anxiety-inducing up to a point, especially since there are also limitations of the mind. Whether you believe in a soul or not, the brain still clearly dictates a lot about the way in which we perceive the world, and it is scary to think about the possibility of issues arising from its organic nature. Even the foods we eat can drastically alter its function over time, and it is never fully clear in what way. Still, in the end, the only way forward is to accept it and take care of it as much as we can. It is, after all, what is allowing me to speak right now. In Gabriel Cartarescu's volume of poems, quite often, death merges into life. I wonder what is left of the petty fear of not being able to step out of the line in terms of experience and in a bid to make one's peace with the imaginary worlds they live in, albeit temporarily. Gabriel Cartarescu. I am fascinated by the concept of death, the thought of what happens afterwards or even what happened before. I am honestly not even convinced that time changes as we might all be blocked in the same moment forever without realizing it, but if time and consciousness do exist, I am very curious about their nature. 
How can so many consciousnesses exist at the same time, so many individual everythings that can seem mutually exclusive? It might all be an illusion as far as I know. Am I even the same soul that I was a second ago? Perhaps my soul is actually infinitely many souls across the infinite moments that my physical body experiences in this lifetime. Whatever death and life are, I find it unnecessary to be afraid. The control we have over our situations is so small if it exists at all that the only way not to suffer is to accept that. After all, it seems to me that our biggest fear might be fear itself. Returning to the mundane reality in its unassuming hypostases. Was that some sort of wake-up call for the poet's voice? Was it a launching pad for embarking upon fresh, previously unexperienced levels of reality? Here is young author Gabriel Carterescu once again to puzzle us out. I like to think of my poems as being manifestations of my mind's rhythm. It can often feel like it oscillates rapidly between the mundane and its opposite, mainly because they are strongly linked. One always seems to lead to the other, so yes, you could say that returning to reality is ultimately a gateway to something new, a break from the extraordinary, but it's not just that. Reality, even with its more boring aspects, fascinates me more than anything. I still don't and will probably never be able to understand its true nature, but I love exploring its possibilities and thinking about all of its different features. I am certainly glad to be experiencing it, and I am grateful for everything I have had the opportunity to perceive. That was young poet Gabriel Carterescu, whose debut poetry volume, entitled Tomorrow I Will Be Happy, was jointly launched on Saturday, January the 21st, 2023, by the Humanitas Chishmiju Bookshop and the Carmidas Publishers in Bucharest. For Radio Romania International, I'm Eugen Nasta. Bye for now. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. The son of a priest and a teacher, Dan Moisescu has also received from his parents the first notions of traditional music. He honed his art to perfection by singing together with the fiddlers of his native region of Buzo in southeastern Romania. He took up violin and when he was only 15 years old, he joined the symphonic orchestra of his high school. He soon became a part of an orchestra which was providing soundtracks for silent movies in various cinema theatres. Now we invite you to listen to Dan Moisescu, one of the best traditional music singers Romania has ever had, with a love song. Dorule mai tare lele, alele Lasă tucul meu din barelele, alele Dumă, dorule mai tare lele, alele Lasă tucul meu din barelele, alele La căsuța ca o floare, lele, alele 
sărutat în soarte soarele that our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>